0: Come on, Steve, we've got D in the car Failure is not an option. It's a problem of motivation, all right? Boy's well, got a mouth like a cannon, always shooting it off. Yeah, something like that. It's the good stuff. Shake it back! (laughs) Does that feel good? (laughs) Yeah, it rhymes. They're both verbs. It's awesome. So listen to that. Welcome back to another episode of Strictly Outside the Lines. I am your host, Baruch Dubrow. Thank you for joining me again. If you've been here now, this is a a handful of episodes that we are now into the season, and I appreciate you joining me and and listening and participating, and I acknowledge and applaud you for sticking around this long and and for working on yourself. Uh, But... Buckle your seatbelt because things are going to get interesting today. Today we're talking about marriage and relationships, and it's going to get very uncomfortable because I'm going to be brutally honest with you. I'm going to share some things that are very personal um, that many people would tell me not to share, and I'm going to share some things that I think you need to hear, not necessarily that you want to hear. But i do it because i value our relationship i value the relationship that we have through this podcast through the show and therefore because i value our relationship i know that a true relationship is one where there's transparency there's vulnerability there's authenticity and open communication and these are things that i've learned through my eight years of marriage and my 32 years on this planet and so therefore i'm going to open myself up my history my life and share with you some of the most important lessons that I've learned throughout, again, my eight years of marriage, my year and a half of dating before that, and and my 32 years on this planet. Let's rewind a little bit though, because when we look at society, society tells us that marriage and relationships are things that are meant to be open, that they're fluid. They can flow one way or another, and they go by the whims of what we are feeling in the moment. And I'm telling you now, that is complete and utter BS. (laughs) I told you this was going to be uncomfortable. Because here's the thing. Where do we get our input from? You know, our input is our output. So if we're reading books and novels and watching movies that tell us that our relationships with our spouse or our significant other is all about what we get from them and what we feel with them and what we experience then that is what our expectations are going to be. I mean, you look at people who date. They date for five years, and, and they've shared the best of their years together in those five years, and then they get married. And then three months into the marriage, they're looking at each other like, who the heck are you and how, how did we get married? You're not who I started dating with. Well, of course they're not because this is five years later. You started dating one person, but they changed over the years. And guess what? You changed as well. And you've got to acknowledge that. So when we watch these movies and we read these novels and we read these articles in, the, in these silly magazines by the checkout counters about, this is what a good relationship, 30 tips to have a good relationship. I'm sorry, but your relationship and your marriage cannot be summed up in 30 tips. It goes way beyond that. Now, you know, being a, or an Orthodox Jew, a practicing Orthodox Jew for whatever that's worth, um. I strongly believe in the way God created marriage. And if you look at the very first relationships, the very first marriage was between Adam and Eve. And it says that God, when God created Adam, he he took a part of Adam and he created Eve as an azer kenegdo, a helper opposite him. What does that mean? A helper opposite him? I don't get it. Are, are you helping me or are you opposite me? Are you opposing me? But see, that's the thing with marriage. Marriage is about that interaction between the two individuals and the way they come together. In marriage, we're supposed to challenge each other. In relationships, we're supposed to challenge each other. And by challenging each other, we help each other. And so I take my viewpoint on marriage from the successful marriages that I've seen and from Torah, from the Bible, from Judaism. Now, this doesn't mean that everybody that reads it holds by it. (laughs) This doesn't mean that everybody who reads it does it. And that's the thing, is here with everything, everything that has to do with being strictly outside the lines, is you always have to go back to the source. But I strongly believe that a marriage is between two individuals who are coming together to share a life together, but they're two individuals with their own lives coming together to share a life. And the point of that life, the purpose of that life, is to be in service to the other to serve them and to help them to grow and to learn and become more to be their support system and to be there to help them grow you know when my father was uh, dating many 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 years ago <laughs> um, he went to the Lubavitcher Rebbe he was the the, the chief rabbi of the Chabad Hasidic movement to, admit, to which we belong and my father asked the Rebbe for advice he says to him you know what should I be looking for in a spouse And the Rebbe told him, you look for somebody who will see your goals, who will see your dreams, who will see your hopes and desires, and will support you in them. They don't have to do them with you. They don't have to have the same dreams, hopes, and desires. But they will support you in them. And there has to be somebody whom you can look at their dreams, hopes, and desires and support them in that as well. And that is something that has stuck with me for as long as I can remember, ever since I heard it. Now, going back into the history of well, how I got married and how the dating process works in our community, its its I, I referenced this previously, but it's very business-like. You have a resume which says who you are, where you went to school, where you worked. Uh, it has a brief description of what you're looking for in a spouse and, and who you are. And then you send that to a matchmaker, you submit it to friends, and then they look around and they get another resume and you look at each other's resumes. You call references, people who know the other person, and you see, does it make sense on paper? And then you go out with them, you go on a handful of dates for a couple of hours at a time, and really all you're doing is looking to see, does this make sense? Can we build a life together? And after dating a person, you'll either determine, well, no, this person is not for me. Or you'll determine, you know, yeah, that this could actually work. I remember that some of the people I did, they were not for me because they were not very positive. They were actually very pessimistic. <laughs> um, but I learned from that. I learned about myself that, okay, maybe I don't need somebody who's positive and optimistic. I, I just need somebody who's not negative. But the fact is that that is how it works in our community. You have this resume. You have these references that you call. You date them. And then you get married because here's the thing. We know that you are going to change over time. You're going to change Your spouse is going to change. And as you change and grow, your life is going to change. So if you are looking for the perfect person when you get married, and you're marrying that perfect person, well, if that was your idea of marriage and your idea of the perfect individual, things are going to change, and they're no longer going to be perfect. And you have to be okay with that because they're going to be different, but so will you. So like I said, I've, I've been married for close to eight years now, I think at the time of this recording, we're actually coming up on our eight year anniversary. And we have been through quite the journey. You know, I got married at 24 years old. um, And my wife was 21, I believe. We got married. And and within a year, we gave we my wife gave birth to our first child, our son. Um, And so we were really thrust into it, we didn't really have much time to learn and grow as a couple and and see what it's like to be there together with each other. And then we had, we were immediately thrust into the world of being parents. And so now this world that was just the two of us ended up becoming a world that was the three of us and having to take care of each other. And if I could have done things differently, I might have. But at the same time, I I always say that I would not change a single thing that happened to me in my life up until this point because everything that's happened made me who I am today, and it's taught me a very valuable lesson. But the fact of the matter is we got married very young. We had a a child right away, and that presented us with some challenges. And what ended up happening was I found myself in the hustle, hustle and bustle of daily life pursuing that line pursuing that life within the lines of going to work, getting a job so that I can make money, so that I can go home and support my family who I wasn't even spending time with. And it got to the point where about two and a half years into our marriage, I was done. Um, I wasn't happy. I mean, if you look at the entirety of my life, I was broke. We had no money. We were probably fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 in debt because, well, I wasn't, I wasn't really making enough from my job. And my wife was, was staying at home with the most important job of taking care of our child. Um, and at that time, she was already pregnant with our second. So I was broke. I was jobless because I had decided that I was going to launch a, a business overnight. So I quit my job. This was one of the three times that I quit my job. And frankly, my relationship with my wife was in the garbage. Now, she didn't realize it. Because this was all totally internal. This was all within my mind because I was going through that same thought process of, well, she wasn't who I married. She's changed. She's different. She's not as positive as she used to be. But the fact of the matter is she was a stay-at-home mom taking care of our our son and she was pregnant again. And I had also changed. (laughs) I wasn't as positive as I used to be. I wasn't as lively as I used to be. And so in my mind, things weren't working out. And I started to blame everybody but myself. I started to blame my spouse, my wife. I started to blame my job. I started to blame my lack of confidence for not being able to launch a business. I started to blame other people for not being there for us. And so everything that I had learned and, and understood about marriage and relationships, I was now starting to say was wrong. Now, remember, when I start, before I even started dating, I spent a year and a half studying marriage and relationships. I went to counselors. I went to therapists. I did everything I could do within reason to understand what I was getting myself into, but I what journey I was setting myself on and make sure that I was going to do it right. Because remember, I made a promise to myself that if I was going to get married, I was going to get married once. Divorce was not an option. Frankly, I think this idea of divorce is silly. And that's putting it nicely obviously there are times when divorce is unfortunately necessary in cases of abuse um, or are other similar instances where it really is the only option but for the average person who's just now that they're no longer happy in their marriage i think to get divorced it's it's the easy way out and frankly i if you're a man and you're getting divorced because you're no longer in love with your wife this may be hard to hear but grow up. (laughs) I I mean, seriously, take a look at yourself. Take a hard look at yourself. And, And I'm saying that because that's where I was. I was at a place where my relationship was in such dumps because I had given up. I had given up on myself. I had given up on my standards, my values, my principle of getting married once and making it work and being who I needed to be. Because I was putting the responsibility on other people. I was expecting my wife to change for me. I mentioned this in a, in a previous episode where when you expect other people to change for you, it's never going to happen. And so by doing that, you're just putting yourself into a situation where you're bound to fail. Well, thank God there's a positive ending to the story. As you know, I've mentioned a couple times, I've been married for eight years now. And what happened was is I, I went back to that initial thought of. If I was going to get married, I was going to do it once, and I was going to do it right, and I was going to do whatever it was that I felt I needed to do. So I looked at my situation. I looked at the life I was living at that moment, and I saw that, well, my relationship wasn't great because I was extremely stressed, so I wasn't able to provide my wife with what she needed. I wasn't able to show up the way I needed to show up, and I felt it was because of my financial situation. Again, at this time, I was broke. I was jobless and I was $20,000 in debt. So I reached out to the employer that had been employing me up until that point and who I had just quit their job. And I asked, I said, listen, I know the school year started, but is there any way that you would have a position for me? And they said, well, we don't know. We already have somebody fill your position, but we'll look into it. But I also knew that that wasn't going to be the solution because I'd had that job. I'd been a teacher already for so long and, frankly, wasn't providing for me and my family, especially not considering the fact that we were about to have a second child that we were going to have to take care of. And so our expenses were going to go up. So I had remembered that my brother had told me about this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, by Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, No, he's not sponsoring this episode, though that would be nice. But anyway, I I decided to pick up this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, even though up until that point I had never read a self-help book or a business book or anything like that. I was very much a, a fantasy nerd. I loved reading fantasy books and novels, but I didn't feel like I had the confidence or the ability or the brain or the intellectual stamina to read a book that was not fictional. But I said, you know what, if something's going to change, it has to start with me. So I picked up RichDat boarded and I opened it up and I started reading it. And what I found was that a lot of what he was saying was actually fairly applicable, fairly easy to do. And so through a series of events, you know, reading the book led me to his Facebook group, which led me to seeing a flyer for an event that he was holding in, in the city, which I thought he was gonna be there, but I think deep down I knew that it eh, wasn't gonna happen. But I decided to go to it, which was a big deal because I hated taking the trains. At that time, I was not yet forced to take the trains to and from work an hour and a half each day. But So the the idea of getting on the subway and going into the city, which I also hated, because again, I was totally unhappy living in New York at the time. But I decided again, if something was going to change, it had to start with me. So I went into the city, I went to this event, and I said, you know what, again, nothing's going to change if it doesn't start with me, I have to start changing who I am. And I said, one of the greatest challenges I have is introducing myself to random strangers. But you never know who you're going to meet. Now, there's a very important element to add into the story. And that is that at that time, I I took a moment and I I prayed to God. I didn't open a prayer book. I I looked up to the heavens and I said, God, I am putting in an effort right now to change, to make a difference within myself and within my marriage and within my life. I need you to deliver. And I got on the train, I went to the event, and there I found somebody. I introduced myself to him. And next thing you know, he and I are having coffee a couple days later because he had been through very similar journeys in his life and he had been able to get out of it. And so we started talking and I asked him to give me some guidance and some coaching. And he led me to a book called The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. Absolutely amazing book. But one of the things that stood out to me most was there's this one part in the book, which I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil it because I think you should go if you haven't heard of it yet, if you haven't read it yet, go and get it. Um and read it. But there's this one point in the book where the character was having a very similar relationship with his wife as I was having with mine. And he did something which went against the common way of thinking. And this is one of the principles that Bob Burke talks about in his book. And that was the idea of putting somebody else First, with no expectation of receiving anything in return. And when I read that, I realized that was where I was wrong. You see, I had been placing blame and placing responsibility and expecting others to feel bad for me and and poo-poo you because you're in a bad situation. I was expecting my wife to care for me and to serve me and and to take care of me because I was unhappy with my job. I was unhappy. I was insecure with our finances. I was insecure with myself. I was expecting my previous employer to hire me because, well, I needed a job and it's their responsibility to give me that job. But in that moment, through reading that book, I realized that if I wanted anything to change, if I wanted to start receiving, I had to start giving without any expectation of receiving. So... That's what I started doing. I started with my marriage. I started giving to my wife more. I started doing the dishes, and I absolutely hate doing the dishes. Not that I have anything against it. I just I don't like doing the dishes. <laughs> I did not like the idea of having to clean up around the house. And these are things that most people are going to say, well, hey, isn't that standard operating procedure in any marriage and relationships? Maybe, maybe not. Everybody has a different way of approaching it. But for me, the thing is I, I, I was looking at my life. I was looking at only at myself. I was going to work, I was unhappy, I didn't have the money that I wanted, I wasn't pursuing my purpose. It was all about me, 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 me. So therefore, if I'm unhappy, why should I have to do something for somebody else? But that is exactly the point. When you start doing things for other people and you start serving, you become a much better person in and of yourself. So when it comes to our marriages, and when it comes to our relationships, you want to have a good relationship with somebody, start with yourself. Look at your marriage. Are you in a good relationship right now? Are you happily married? Are you really happily married? Or are you just married to each other? Now, two words that mean the same thing, but here's the a, here's a thing. You can be married to your wife and not ever really have a marriage. You can be married to her and, and not really have a relationship with her. A relationship is about giving and receiving with no expectation of the other. Relationships are about the connections that we share with each other. Relationships about doing things for other people because you want to, because you love to, for no other reason than it's what they need. And what I see in the marriages that around me back then and now, is it's very transactional. I'm going to do this for you, but you have to do this for me. Or it's very much self-centered. Well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to come home to you and expect you to serve me the way I want you to serve me. That's not what marriage is about. And marriage also isn't this thing where you're always going to be running off to let's call something out, right? This idea in Hollywood that uh, you're in love with somebody and, and you're not able to say it and they get on a plane and so you run through security and you stop them at the gate and you say, I love you. That is complete and utter garbage. That's not what it's about. Marriages and relationships of love are ones where we do those small things like taking out the garbage, cleaning up after dinner, You come home from a long day of work and you want nothing more to do than to just lay down on the couch and rest. But instead, you give the first 20 minutes that you get home, you give them to your wife. Whatever it is that she needs you to do. Take out the trash, take out the trash. Make dinner, make dinner. Take care of the kids, take care of the kids. Whatever it is. As the man in the house, it is your responsibility to lead that house to take care of what needs to be done. Now you're going to say, well, wait a second. Shouldn't I be able to receive? Sure, you should be able to receive. But here's the thing. You give 1%, your wife will give 100%. That's just the way it works. So as men, we have to ask ourselves, and this this really applies to everybody, but I'm speaking now to myself and I'm speaking to the men here. We have to ask ourselves, are we really giving our relationship our all? If we're not happy in our relationship, if we're not happy in our marriage, we need to set our ego aside, open ourselves up to the possibility that maybe there's something that we need to do differently. One of the very first things I did after I came to this realization of, okay, I'm the problem. I'm the one that's causing these issues. So I set my ego aside. Then I identified the problems. Well, if the problem was finances and I f- was not confident in myself because of my finances, well, let me go fix my financial situation. Then I started building the relationship with my wife. One of the things I did is I started studying marriage again, started studying relationships. I listened to podcasts. I listened to classes. I spoke to counselors again. I started telling them, these are the issues that I'm having. How do I change? What do I need to do? And one of the things that I, I heard from somebody, it was actually from a class that, that I took that I listened to, was this idea that, If you're coming home from work and you had a long day of work, you can't bring that home. So circle the block however many times you need to because the second you walk through that door, the first 20 minutes that you're there, it's for your wife. So you need to seek the help that you need. And here's the thing. Don't go to your friends who aren't married. Don't go to your friends who trash talk their spouses. If the people that you're hanging out with at work or your friends are trash talking their spouses... They're not the people to go to to get advice and to get input input from. And here's another thing. Stop trash-talking your spouse to your friends. There's no place for that. You have to start changing the way you think about your wife. We spoke about it previously. um, believe Believe in what people are capable of becoming, not in who they are right now. See, that was one of the other things I started doing. I started looking at my wife, and I said, okay, I might have... This issue and that issue and this problem, that problem. But who do I believe she can be and what she can do? And I started treating her that way. And you know what? I realized not that she changed to become that person, but that she was that person all along. And I changed the glasses that I was wearing. So seek help. Look for guidance from people who actually know what they're talking about. Find somebody who has a good, happy, healthy relationship that you can look up to and you can get their input from. When my wife and I were engaged and we were traveling around um, visiting various people asking for their input, some people gave us some really wonderful advice, such as, if you can make it through your first five years of marriage, you're golden. (laughs) Well, guess what? That's probably the worst piece of advice you can ever give or receive, because it lays the foundation for the thought process that, well, I have to survive for five years. And that, well, if things aren't working out with the first five years, they're never going to work out. That's not the way it works. With marriage, you have to work on it. Marriage requires work. It requires attention. People also say, be best friends. Well, it's not always that simple. And also, anytime you put a requirement on marriage, if you're not meeting that requirement, well, things are going to start going downhill because you're going to look at them that way. Some of the best advice I ever got was from my grandparents. Again, it was when my wife and I were engaged and we went to visit my grandparents who had that time had been married for probably 65 years, I think. And I asked them, I said, what is what is your piece of advice? And they said, have open, honest communication no matter how difficult it is. Uh, like that was really good, very really powerful advice because oftentimes there's things that we, we don't want to say that we have to say. I remember one time... Um, early on in our marriage, my wife was pregnant and I wanted to take her out to a a board game bar to go play some board games at a bar. There's some places like that in New York, pretty cool. She was too nauseous too. Uh, But then the next night, she was also expressed how nauseous she was, but some friends invited her out to go to the city. And she begrudgingly went and I was was really upset. Um, And what ended up happening is she ended up having to travel back on her own while pregnant and nauseous. And I was really upset about that because the night before I wanted to go out and she was nauseous and she didn't want to go out with me. And then the next night she goes out with her friends despite being nauseous. It was the same situation, copy and paste. The other, the only difference is that her friends deserted her <laughs> in her time of need. And I could have chosen to fume about this and, and be upset and angry about it. But instead what I chose to do is I chose to have open communication with her. I said, can we talk? And I expressed to her how I was feeling about what happened. And you know what? Because of that, our relationship and our marriage improved. Because that was the other thing that my grandparents told us. They said, I asked them, I said, how is it that you've been married 65 years and you've never had a single fight or argument? They said, oh, we fought like cats and dogs. We fought all the time. The only difference is that in our day and age, when something was broken, we fixed it. We didn't trade it in for a later model. And that's the problem. Nowadays, we live in a society where It's okay to trade things in for the latest model. Everybody gets a new iPhone every year because, well, it's newer, it's better, even though there's really nothing that's changed. And they apply to all areas of their life. Oh, this isn't working out for me. This is becoming too difficult. I'm just going to get divorced. I'm just going to throw everything out, leave my wife with the kids, whatever it may be, instead of asking ourselves, well, how can we save this? How can we fix this? Sure, there might be a problem. There might be an obstacle. But is there a way to fix it? Is there a way to work on it? And I think that by doing so, you'll see that your marriage will only grow and get better. For every challenge that my wife and I have had, we've grown from it. And you know what? All credit goes to my wife for sticking with me for so long. You know, Because I've had quite a journey. I've had to learn a lot. And what I've noticed, what I've learned over time is that she's always known all along what was right and what wasn't and she was always the wise one who she had her finger on the pulse. she had the patience she had the simplicity to know that marriage required work require it requires being present it requires being there for each other to serve and to support and so I ought you know let's dedicate this this episode to my wife because she really has been in Judaism we, we there's a prayer we sing every Friday night by the Sabbath meal called Ashes Chael it's a woman of valor Um, and it's a nice reminder and you know so for my wife who has been that Ashes Chael for me that woman of valor for me through thick and thin she's been there and we've been through quite a lot both with ourselves with each other with our family but it took work it took a lot of work and there were times where things were broken and times where we felt like things weren't going to work but we always sought that help We identified the problems. We communicated. And you can do the same thing, and you should do the same thing. Stop looking for that input from places like Hollywood and novels and uh, People Magazine. Start looking for that input from people within you, within your network, who have those good, happy, healthy relationships. Learn from them. See what they're doing. Ask them. I guarantee you, you ask people with good relationships how they do it, and they'll share with you. I hope this was helpful, I know this was definitely um, a lot to cover, a lot to process, and it's really only the tip of the iceberg, but uh, please reach out to me, let me know what your thoughts are, how you're feeling about all this, what your best marriage tips or best marriage advice that you've got from people was, and uh, even what your worst marriage advice was, because sometimes it's fun to laugh at those things, but with that, I wish you a happy, healthy life, a happy, healthy marriage. And I look forward to hearing from you and seeing you next time. I'd say that was a pretty successful broadcast.